Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm so fucking bored of being innovative as a fat person because... All clothes for us seemingly are really fucking boring. Why is it that all blouses over a size 20 have to have a fucking butterfly printed on them? And also, whilst we're at it, why do you keep on cutting holes out of the shoulders as if we've got sweaty shoulders? And why do t-shirts for fat people have motivational quotes on it? Listen, why is it that the thins get relatively interesting garments and all we're left with is fucking floral bed sheets? After the tone, Settle in, sluts, cos it's all to play for. The pub is open. I am your landlady, and this is your pint size refreshment. This time on After the Tone, fit saints, holiday plans, and a close shave with a shit. Oh, God forbid we had one episode without fucking excrement in it, Debbie. Now, I've been doing a bit of the line learning, haven't I? Yeah, well, she's finally letting the Judy Dench come to fruition. She's got a little telly job. Oh, no, calm down. It's quite camp, though, isn't it, really, to think of it? It's only a little thing, but it'll be a bit of a giggle. No, I can't fucking tell you what it is. But it got me thinking about brushes with fame, because I'm desperate to talk to and meet and socialise with people that have been on the telly, like, in a really stupid, menial way. So, were you a contestant? on a game show or something did you have someone come around your house and decorate a wall lime green in the early 90s or did you get a blue peter badge as a child or do you know someone is there like someone in the family like even however removed it is i want those menial stories coming in please lots of really lovely feedback from last week's episode via the spotify um 50 of people said that they thought that jesus was a fitty in our poll over there. I thought we might get more of that. And only 37.5% of you thinks he's a pufta. I love the word pufta. Please, can we bring back the word pufta? <laughs> so vintage, isn't it? At After the Tone POD, if you want to drop us a line, a shout out, an observation, just like Gemma, Colin and Tina did when they all shared with us the same podcast <laughs> from Australia. That's um, apparently the theme of this podcast is that they are trying to work out who did a poo at somebody's wedding on the dance floor. <laughs> 
Have you heard of this, anybody? Can you share any like producer Deb? Can we get someone from that podcast on this? I would love that. That's like two worlds meeting, isn't it? Dawn said that they agreed with Teacho re Lorene sounding like an owl. <laughs> Kida messaged to say, well, actually, it was to complain. Kida messaged to complain how I pronounced their name in a previous episode. Um, it's Kira with a D, like Liza with a D. All right, fucking wind your neck in. Do you know what I mean? Calm down. But they do redeem themselves here by saying a shout out on the show was better than a Blue Peter badge. I would rather take the Blue Peter badge myself. You get more for that on eBay. Augustus Poop, the wig pooer from a few episodes ago, has been in touch to say that the picture we posted on Instagram that Colin Not Colin in Glasgow sent us (laughs) of a green brownie wig isn't the wig in question. (laughs) I love that we're having to clear this up. Apparently, it's not the wig in question unless it was found in a Sports Direct bag in the back of a bush. (laughs) Keep the gossip rolling in. I love to hear from you. Right, let's jump into the mailbag. Hi, loves. It's Stevie from Colchester. My God, this is why I love this podcast. I can tell you about my weird meetings with priests in caves. And not only is it accepted... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's also then goes on to talk about fit saints i'm here for it absolutely <laughs> i love it talking about jesus giving you the glad eye when he's got a bit of blush on was just a bit too much for me. i haven't laughed so much for a long time anyway i had a think joan of arc absolute ride badass bitch like flipping blunt bob yes please also just remembered I've got another priest story, but from from like 15 years ago, I used to be a tour leader in Egypt. Me, I did. And uh, we went to St. Catherine's Monastery. And so there they got St. Catherine's finger, like wrapped up, protected. I don't know. Anyway, I was on my first tour there. Um, and the, one of the priests said to me, you want to see the finger? Not in that voice. <laughs> in an Egyptian voice and I said do I and he took me into this little room um and then he got this box that proceeded to show me the finger and then he just sort of violated me and had a squeeze my boobs and I said I don't think so mate I don't know what you're up to uh yeah anyway dirty bastards now I'm wondering if it is a kink I hope not <laughs> anyway, then every tour group that I took there after that, I had to say to them, if a priest ushers you into the room to show you St. Catherine's finger, do not go in. He's just trying to cop a feel. I mean, honestly. Well, Stevie, God, I mean, you've got quite the story. <laughs> do you know what my overarching takeaway from this, and this sort of says a lot, <laughs> how did you become so cultured? <laughs> Now, Joan of Arc, I think, is the icon, is patron saint of non-binary. Oh, come on, look at the look. Really strong NB vibes, do you know what I mean? I'm getting they-she, they-she energy from the Joan of the Arcs, actually. How many Arcs? Just the one. <laughs> I don't know what that even meant. Anyway, I just want to refresh myself what Joan of Arc looked like. Joan of Arc. French, right? Oh, there's some pictures here. Yes, massive they she energy identifies as a dyke for sure. 
Yes, that haircut. It's a strong look, really, isn't it? I want to find out a bit more about Joan of Arc. Doesn't say any pronouns here, I'm afraid. Has it got any interesting... Well, apparently loads of apparitions came to her in the night. Chance would be a fine thing. (laughs) Do you know what I think about these saints? I think, were they holy or were they on drugs? Were they having a bit of a go on the wacky-backy? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes, St Michael appeared to me. Yes, dear. Do you know what I mean? If it happened nowadays, people would, well, they'd give them the same tablets that I'm on. (laughs) So there's that. Now, you know what? St Catherine's finger wouldn't be a first for most people around here. Let's have a look. I want to have a look at the finger. Oh, it's a real thing. Oh, it is. Oh, my God. I can't. I want to see the actual finger. Where is St Catherine's finger? (laughs) That's the question we've all been asking, you filthy mayor. There's a severed head as well. Oh, do you know what? The Catholics are fucking weird bastards, aren't we? Oh, my God. You don't want to look at the severed head. Oh, my God. Oh, no. It looks like a dehydrated nan in a care home. No, not a great look. I'm trying to find the finger. Oh, my God. There's a bony old lady's finger that looks a bit goldy that's in a box. Oh, these people are not right in the edge. You wouldn't want that anywhere near you. Oh, no. Well, actually, if it's gold. (laughs) Thinking of the temperature. Well, I'm sorry that you were harassed on a tour. I mean, that's a very serious thing that we should just acknowledge, you know. The church. Just put that there. Do you know what I mean? So I hope that wasn't too triggering to share. But what a story you've got to tell. I'm not sure. You know, with all these holy relics, I mean, I like the campery of it all. But, I mean, a severed head. No, it's not for me. Um, I wonder, I'm just trying to think if I've got any personal relics. (laughs) None that I'm willing to share anyway. Hello, Scotty, producer Deb, Tim Katmeyer, rest of the pub. Uh, it's Misha here. I absolutely could not wait to get on the blower with you after the episode you just did because I wasn't even raised Catholic and I know this. Look up St. Sebastian Gay on any search function online about 50 billion articles come up talking about how saint sebastian what with the arrows and the martyring and all that is a gay icon and apparently has been for many decades apparently those paintings were sexy enough so the second you mentioned sexy saints that's all i could think of was a saint sebastian already has you covered also very quickly um i'm not responding to that conversation about holidays I'm not going anywhere this summer, I don't think, but because of booking and everything, I've had to book ahead for something in December. So I'll be having a uh, week-long bookbinding retreat at part of a country that I know very, very well. It's very going to be very rural. It's just going to be nice in the middle of a dark, cold countryside. I'll borrow some welly boots, go on some nice walks. It'll be good. Hope everything's going all right with you. Take care. Bye. Misha, it's lovely to have you back after all this time, but how long does it take to bind a book? If it takes a week, you might want to find a different pastime. That's a long time just to get a bit of stapling out, do you know what I mean? I could bind a book much. Do you remember when you were a kid and you used to wrap up your exercise books in gift paper? Was that a thing where you were? My mum would be like, I've got a new exercise book. My mum would have to go into the back of the cupboard and try and find a bit of like Christmas wrapping paper. What was that about? 
Can anybody shed any light on that? Did anybody else wrap their exercise book? Sorry, that that was just come back to me whilst thinking about that. Is that a real life genuine hobby? Putting bits of paper together and then, well, I guess you're sewing it. I mean, you know, weirder things have happened on here. But anyway, yeah, let's talk about Saint Seb because, well, I don't know. Actually, I consider Saint Sebastian to sort of be the Russell Tovey of our generation. You know, gayish, but doesn't like to look it. <laughs> That's the legal team on the phone. Um, because the reason why is because I think Saint Sebastian has been translated as a queer saint and wasn't actually a queer saint. But you know, theologians and historians out there might think otherwise. But I think it's just because he's the representation of him is that he's got many arrows within him. Therefore, he's always depicted as the penetrated man, the penetrated male. Yes, dear. And um, and one of my tattoos that I'm hopefully going to get is based about St. Sebastian as the queer saint, or a queer saint, because, you know, Joan of Arc is fighting in the corner there. I, I want a tattoo of just the arrows and where they're always placed on the body. Because, you know, you know, I've, I've been known to do a little of the penetration. <laughs> that was the most filthiest thing I've ever said on here, and I feel so morally disgusted with myself. Not that much, though. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a great thing. Somebody once said to me in a nightclub about 20 years ago when we were talking about Catholic shame. Oh, yeah, I've still been talking about it for that long. They said to me, um, yeah, you know, it sticks with you. But sometimes when you're having the ride, it feels really good, the shame. <laughs> Love this idea that we can retextualize shame as being a kink. Mm. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Perb. It's all crisps, no knickers here. Brummy in the Cotswolds. <laughs> now, it's the middle of summer, but I've got the oh, I've got the most stinking cold, so I'm sorry if I break into a ton of snotty sneezes in the middle of this. But thank you for making me feel seen again. And, Scotty, you're so right. I need to free my inner fruit loop. And the tribe will come. Well, they haven't yet, but, you know... It's interesting because the longer I'm here, I'm seeing people's masks slip, you know. People I thought were norms are actually starting to show their true colours. And the more I'm myself, the more weird they're getting. So yay to that. But also, fully taken on board your suggestion of taking some time and space to be myself and I've arranged a night out back in Brum with a good pal where I can fully let my crazy light shine so I'm looking forward to that but the main reason for me calling today was because the other week you challenged us witchy types to share a spell with you one that works <clears throat> and I know this one works because after I did it, a few weeks after, I got on a TV quiz show and I won a couple of grand. Oh, get me. Now, I followed it to the letter. I was cleansing stuff. I dug a hole in the garden. I buried some coppers. Not that kind. But anyway, can I find the spell? Can I echoes like? But regardless, I think the reason why it worked was that because I'd put some energy towards like getting out of my comfort zone I took some risks and isn't that where the magic happens love you babs oh hi gorge thanks for rejoining us from your Cotswolds abode 
Isn't that strange that I was just talking? Maybe I'm a witch. I was literally just saying about people who've been on the telly and one appears. Look at that. I want to know how much you won. And I want to know what programme you were on. What was it like? What was the presenter like? All of that gossip, please. Why is it that I constantly have to ask for the detail in this place? All of you come in here and you're like, oh, this interesting thing happened. And you breeze over it. And I'm like, excuse me, rewind, more detail. There are people listening at home who this is actually quite riveting to. Okay, JRF being one of them. (laughs) She doesn't get out much, bless her. Do you know what I mean? So, wow, look at that. You did a little witchy spell, but you can't fucking find it. Yeah, well, convenient that, isn't it? You fucking witchy types. I think you're all liars, actually. Oh, I put energy towards it. Listen, I put energy towards a lot of things. Doesn't mean it comes into fruition. (laughs) Well, listen, I'm glad you're making that time for yourself. Do you know, I've got a bit of a problem, though. You know, like, when people's masks slips and they reveal themselves as weirdos, I think still don't like it. I like an upfront weirdo who's like, I'm just weird, you know, like knows themselves. I ain't got time for like fucking hanging around and being like, oh, this is your true self. No, no, not for me. Hi, Scotty. It's Holly calling from Marrakesh. This is the closest I've ever come to shitting myself without actually shitting myself. So I'm on vacation in Marrakesh. I left you a lovely, uh, you know, postcards from a place message, but Maybe you'll play this instead. So I'm vegetarian, and maybe you know from having been vegan for a while, but when you've been vegetarian for a while and you eat anything containing meat, it just passes right through you. So I'm in Marrakesh, and I'm having a lot of trouble communicating with people that being vegetarian not only means that I don't eat chunks of meat, but also that meat juice and meat bouillon can't be in the sauces. And at a certain point, I just give up, right? But my oof, my stomach has been quite upset. And I was walking home today, and I started feeling it gurgling, and I thought, oh, shit. But I thought I could make it. And I'm walking quickly, you know, as you do, walking, walking, walking. I come up to the, the door of my hotel, and you have to buzz to get in, and I couldn't get the buzzer to work. I thought, oh, my God, oh, my God. Breathing heavily as you do, and then the lovely gentleman let me in and went to go let me into my room, but forgot that I had had laundry done and had to go get the laundry. So I'm just standing there with my legs crossed, like crying. (laughs) Run into my room, and I just made it barely. And I thought if anyone would appreciate that story, um, it would be you. So I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Why have I become the poster girl of people fucking shitting themselves? And also, why haven't I got any fucking funding from Emoji and Plus, etc.? Did you know what I mean? Debbie, I'm fuming at this. Why do we let so many people... Why is it... Why do people tell me about their bowels? Holly, thank you so much for calling from Marrakesh. What a wonderful call. I'm so glad to be in your thoughts. Now, listen... I love the fact that clearly you see me as vegan presenting. It's the company that I keep. I am not vegan. No. No, I couldn't. I mean, my brother is. I've given it a good try. You know, I try to be a nice person. But it's hard fucking work, as you found. Also, it's, well, how bougie are you calling meat just bullion? Oh, you fancy bullion. I thought that was just that posh people like Oxo gravy. (laughs) Didn't know it was a real thing. See, every day's a learning day here after the tone, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? We didn't know about St. Catherine's Finger and now we know a fancy name for meat juice. Oh, give us your bouillon. (laughs) 
Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad she survived to tell the tale. Do you know what I mean? And you were obviously having a lovely time there. My God, you're very cultured. God, you're a lovely bunch of people, aren't you? Keep your hands off that pause button, please, because still to come, an ex-bigot, oh God, a call from Berlin and a message from a straight cis male. (laughs) Sorry, there isn't a question mark at the end of the sentence, but I'm just as surprised as you are. My God, they exist. (laughs) Remember, this show is made entirely from your nonsense, if you haven't gathered that already from today. Silly stories, postcards from across the world, ditties, poems, apparently that's allowed, and lies. They're always welcome here. I mean, (laughs) say lies, but you know, we might have to bleep out a few bits, but you know, they're always welcome. Open up the WhatsApp, send me a little voice note, please, to this number. 0788-200-3420. Now the British Podcast, yes, I know, you know what I'm about to say. The British Podcaster will stop looking at me like that, being like, I've I can't get round to it. I'm too busy. Listen, pull your finger out your fucking ass. Actually, keep it there if you're Holly in Marrakesh. <laughs> They're running the Listener Awards, which is BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash voting. Please, could you just go and do it? Thank you. Uh, this week's Patreon exclusive comes from the carer who took a break to go to Glastonbury and has come back to family hell. Oh, God. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. For the price of a coffee or a bottle of wine a month, if you fancy, you can help us keep the lights on and we'll give you a few extras each week. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi Scotty, this is Dave, first time caller. I'm calling to offer the experience of, frankly, an ex-bigot. As a teenager in the early 90s, I grew up in quite a small town. I'd never met any openly gay people. My only knowledge of homosexuality came from the films and TV at the time, which in retrospect were rather vile, with gay people often being portrayed as either cartoonish figures of fun for comic effect or as rather predatory. I'm thinking of things like the Blue Oyster scene from Police Academy. I remember laughing at all the backs to the wall and don't drop the soap in the shower jokes that were often made around people who were either seen as potentially gay or, more often the case, simply being accused of gay as a slur in itself. It wasn't until I went to college in the late 90s that I actually got to meet and spend time with gay people and some of my oldest friends came out and I adjusted my attitude and realised what a bell-end I and most of the kids my age had been. 
The reason for me getting in touch was that I've been listening to the show for several months now and was particularly struck by the calls regarding the fight for trans rights and how we're seeing all the same tropes play out against trans people that we saw in previous decades. I attended a local vigil for Brianna Gay, the murdered trans girl, a while back, and it was quite an eye-opener for me. Whereas before, I think I'd seen it as simply a fight for people to be allowed to have self-determination and live their best life. I came away realising that so many of them are scared for their fucking lives, and it's, um, it's a fight to simply exist. I'm now a 44-year-old dude with trans friends. I've got an openly bisexual son who spends a lot of time with his trans friends. And the thought that they might be scared to go out in public because of fear of attack from knucklehead simpletons, easily led by blowhard right-wing politicians or their allies in our shit-awful national media, was very upsetting. Um, Despite this... I suppose my overall message is one of hope. As someone once put it, the changing moral zeitgeist is almost always a steady improvement, with a few bumps along the way. And idiot politicians and media narratives can only go so far when the society around them becomes, in general, more accepting, until the worst of them just become a fringe group shouting into an increasingly empty chamber. So, you know, please, I'll say this to my trans colleagues, please know that an increasing number of people have your back. And while I'm not arrogant enough to think I fully understand what you go through on a day-to-day basis, please keep fighting. As a society, every positive thing we've ever achieved has come from the people and not our increasingly dysfunctional political and media class. Best wishes, love to the world, and keep up the great work, Scotty. Dave, the grumpy nurse from Cambridge. Oh, hello, Dave. Wow. I just want to take a moment and be like... That was a lot, (laughs) in really beautiful, really profound ways, actually. And this is what makes this space always feel so interesting and productive and useful for me, is that I'm just really glad you've said what you've said. And I'm really glad that we've created a space in which people can own the versions of themselves that they've previously been. And I love the fact that you can clearly tell you've properly interrogated this and you know that you're never going to understand it, but you you are truly one of those people who owns that space as ally, not asking for it, but earning that space. And I think there's so much to unpack here, right? The recognition of previous versions of yourself and the recognition of what's going on now, there is a timeline. There is a massive timeline and I think you're right. I live in the hope that, I think I learned the term yesterday, malism, the idea that evil is the driving force. I think it can be really easy for us to get caught up in malist um, theory. I think what you acknowledge and what I want to acknowledge is that there is labour there that has been done on your part, but there is also labour that's been done there on on the parts of groups and activists and social justice movements, etc., that hopefully pushes us forward. But you are right, there is a massive bump in the road. It's quite touching to hear you talk about your child and see it through your child's eyes, because I think for those of us who are old enough, and this isn't a, a given rule, perhaps we are robust enough Perhaps we are able to rebut. Perhaps we have enough capital to ignore or avoid or keep ourselves safe or be loud as ways of um, 
getting over this bump or moving through it. But it's, it is the kids, it's the young adults that I'm like, it's a very scary time. And I think something that I just have to keep on reiterating is if they are coming for them, they will be coming for you. And it's really important that we remember that. There is so much cloak around this conversation, which is like, it's concern for dot, dot, dot. It really isn't. I really doubt that it is about concern. When it's really interrogated, I think it's about hatred. And that's really scary and really dangerous. And so I really thank you for this call. And I just want to go back to, because I think it's really important that we always remember our incompleteness. We remember previous versions of ourselves, not to punish ourselves with, but to remember, particularly for those of us who grew up surrounded by, you know, I was very lucky that my home wasn't like this, but the environment that I grew up in was homophobic and racist. And the work that you have to do to get that stuff out of your brain and to understand where it comes from and know how to push forward and to strive for a better place, space for us all to be in, I think is really valuable. I think it's really valuable that we remember those versions of ourselves or things that were around ourselves to better understand where others are at so we can like tackle it. I think that's really strategic. But also to remember places that we don't need to go back to and versions of ourselves that we are glad we are not a part of anymore. Listen, as you can tell, this has really got me interested. So if you're at home, if you're listening to this, if you can relate to what this person has said, I would love for us to roll on this chat. Maybe you're a parent and you're seeing this through the eyes of your kids too. Maybe you've held bigoted views yourself and you've done some work to overcome that. What have you had to do? Perhaps you are a queer person. As we know, lots of us live with internalised homophobia. And what work have we done to get past that? You know what to do. Pick up the blower. Hello, Scotty and the um, ATT crew. Long-time listener, first-time caller here. So I'm calling up as one of those um, straight cis people. Very boring. I know you love hearing from us. But you did say on this week's show that you only heard from Nellie's. So I thought I'd call in. That's sort of been meaning to for a while. And I was stimulated by hooray for lesbians woman calling in about sitting in the pub with the straights and kind of feeling ostracized from straight conversation which i think quite a few people have said and i just wanted to call as like someone who is straight and cis and in heterosexual couple with a woman that is childless we wanted to have children we didn't end up having them after trying and lots of years like horrible treatment and what you end up feeling is just really detached from a lot of other couples who kind of look like you and who think you're like them but they're wanging on about their kids all the time and their life is based around their kids and they're on a totally different trajectory to where we're going like in the last few years I've really struggled to know like where's my place in that kind of 
family-ish culture. I think it's just made me feel really separate from those people and there's a lot of pain. But I think it's also made me feel like without wanting to like take space from my queer friends and the queer scene who have it a lot harder than I do, that I feel like I'm part of a scene of people who aren't having traditional family relationships. I feel a lot of solidarity and like a lot of kind of um, comfort from people like you and other people who pull into the show who have like non-traditional family structures. And I don't want to be like taking ground that's not mine, but I just think we need to make a lot of space for people who don't have traditional families, don't have kids. I'm just so sick of it. Like, it's so painful to constantly be around people with kids and feeling like your life is just, like, not valid because you didn't pop one out, pop two out. Anyway, lots of love to all of you. Love the show. Keep it all up. Bye. Fuck it. Debbie, they're coming in thick and fast now. We'll have to have a membership card. (laughs) Listen, thank you so much. Now, what beautiful insights from both of these calls, right? But first off, what I want to acknowledge is, I didn't say this for the last one, first time caller badges. Do the streets get them, Zeppi? <laughs> now, thank you so much for sharing that because there's some hurt there and there's some difficult feels there. And But do you know what you've done so beautifully and so wonderfully? And I really love this when the straights are able to do this, when they're able to recognise their own privilege. I think when anybody is able to say, this is what I have and this is what I don't, but I understand there might be in some spaces more that I have than I don't. And I think that's a really beautiful way that we contextualise all conversations that we have around identity and who we are and how we are. So I just want to recognise that that pain that you've brought here, because that's important. I don't want to let that go by the wayside. And yeah, I do understand this because we were doing a process ourselves looking at that about five years ago and I went completely loopy. And I know what you mean. So I so I can really relate to this call. You know, I was looking at the adoption process and we were through it and we were approved and everything and just my world fell apart and I was just unable to hold sanity. And then you just worry that, my God, what would have happened if I had, you know, children at this time? And so I can relate to this in some sense because you ask yourself now, what is there? And I think many childless people think this, particularly because, and this is not our fault, it's because of the cultures that we live in that tell us to breed us to succeed. It's a very ugly, capitalist, male-centric idea that to be a fulfilled human being, there must be children attached to that. And I think something that queerness has taught me, which I'd really love to offer as a gift, and if those feelings of um, wanting to parent in a non-traditional way, I have like an amazing group of artists who are like 20 years younger than me, who look up to me, who ask me questions, who thank me for giving them their first gig, etc. But I also have people closer to me. I'm thinking of one gorgeous little human being called Cal, I don't know if she's listening. She better fucking listen. The amount of investment I put into her, who identifies me and my two as, you know, the family and we go for family meals and, you know, without infantilising Cal. Cal is, doesn't have child energy, but, you know, very much like I'm there as a shoulder to cry on, a voice of support, 
um, a moral compass, I hope. Do you know what I mean? And so I think in the way that when we think about how uh, non-traditional family setups work, we can also follow that through with that paternity, maternity, uh, what's the gender neutral term for that? T- 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 answers on a postcard, please. I'd love to know. But yes, I think like there is nothing more boring than hanging out with the straights who have to go home because they've got kids. Oh, I've got to be up early in the morning. I can only have one back to mine because I've got children. I don't fucking care. Do you know what? Here is anybody listening to this, but you who's listening to this, feel free to get rid of them. <laughs> Not the kids, God. <laughs> just those friends out of your life. If it is causing pain and hurt and you are not receiving anything in return, then what is the transaction of that relationship? And I hate to see relationships in that way as transactional, but sometimes you just have to. Like somebody came to me yesterday and they were like, oh, I'm thinking about working with this venue. And I was like, okay, well, what are they giving you? Nothing. Okay, is it a box of split? No, nothing. And I was just like, well, why the fuck are you doing it? And they were like, oh, yeah, I just thought I should. You know, and I think we should approach that in lots of different versions of our life. You know, and it doesn't have to be equal because relationships and friendships need equity for sure, right? Some of my friends are never going to be able to give me what I give them, but they can nourish me in different ways. They see me, they can recognise me. And so I'm not saying, well, it's 50-50. No relationship is ever 50-50. But I do think you have to look at your friendships as you do relationships and think, okay, if these people, I were in a relationship with these people, would my friends call an intervention? And I, do you know what? I really love that you recognise that there's a similarity with you and your queer friends because there are lots of people who very quickly go to take that space and be like, well, therefore I'm queer. And I think what I love about queerness is that we can sort of be held by queerness with a capital Q and a small Q without having to take up space and for that to feel like we need to own it. You know, we can be near it. It can colour the texture of our life. It gives us a feel that we belong. And I think that's really beautiful, what you're doing there, is you're seeing the space that you and your queer friends have in similarity. And, you know, welcome to the gang. Welcome to the cult. Listen, you've tore off the plaster now. If you want to come and talk more about this, I would love to keep this conversation going with you. Calling from Berlin. My accent might be all over the place because that is literally where I grew up, all over the place. And now, for the first time in my life, I'm living by myself in an apartment. I actually have a whole ass contract. I have a job. I only have financial responsibility for myself. I grew up poor. I grew up disoriented, surrounded by a bunch of poor and disoriented adults. And somehow I made it. Somehow I'm alive right now. Despite everything, I graduated. I'm fucking doing journaling. I have plants that I give compliments to. I baked some fucking focaccia. And I'm just so tired and happy and satisfied with myself to know that I'm good enough and... All of you listening, including you, Scotty, all of you are good enough. Hello, friend. Oh, my God. So touched. So touched. Not only to hear, to feel that you think 
I'm good enough, you know, on a really personal level, and that we are good enough. But just to hear the labour and the work and the knowing of your... You can have a badge. You can have a badge that says, I talk to my plants. That's a badge, isn't it? I love that. I love that you know yourself. Oh my God, I envy you. You know yourself so well. And I don't think envy is a terrible emotion. I think it's brilliant. I think envy and jealousy inform you about ways that you want to exist in the world and the things that you want. And I'd love to exist in that space. And some actually might say I do exist in that space. But it's so infectious to hear you talk in that way, to to understand what has come and where you are now and perhaps what lies ahead of you. You're great. We like you. No name. I love this idea of using the word disoriented. I love that. That speaks to me. That really speaks to me, having grown up with disoriented people, you know, in lots of different ways. It's such a kind way of being able to place, like, where people are at. Oh, you're correct. I, don't, I want to go for a coffee with you. I want to get on a plane to Berlin right now. I want you to tell me what your plants are like. You do, this is what I mean about the previous call when we were talking about value of friendships. If somebody like this walked into your life, I would hold on to them so dearly because I'd be like, you are a truth teller. You understand yourself. And this is, I've said this before and probably in every season of this podcast is that Oh, God, I've forgotten. (laughs) I'm absolutely... (laughs) So profound. So profound. I've said it in every season. (laughs) So whatever it was that I was saying, it was really, really important, as you can tell. Uh, Great egg. I'm so glad we've got some of these first-time callers. Listen... This should be really inspiring to you to pick up the blower. Come on, time is running out and we'd love to have you in the room. God, what was it that I wanted to say? Oh God, that's going to annoy me. (laughs) Still can't remember for the life of me. It's going to come to me about four o'clock in the morning, isn't it? Anyway, that is us. That's us done. What an amazing bunch of calls. Some beautiful sort of regulars who have like really established themselves this season. Hello, Stevie, I'm looking at you. And some really lovely first-time callers and some people that have called up from the past. So there's your encouragement. Look, we all survived through it. No one got hurt. We have a lovely bit of a chat. The world keeps on turning. And what's the worst that can happen? If we don't use your call, we just don't use your call. Do you know what I mean? And largely it's just because we don't want the show to be four hours long. I mean, I'd give it a go. (laughs) Now, some very important truth-telling now. We are coming towards the end of this season. And as I mentioned before, the pockets have worn through, dears. We are out of cash, babes. And when I say we're out of cash, I mean we're really out of cash. Like, we need five grand, probably pretty sharpest, if we're ever going to see another season of this through. And I mean, that's another conversation for another time. But in all honesty, if you've always wanted to say something, if you've always bit your lip now might be the last few opportunities that you have to get off your chest, okay? I don't want you to be left with something unsaid. I'd love you to be able to say it. The number is in the description box. Go on. Be brave. We'd love to have you. 
It's lovely, lovely, so lovely having the chats with you. At After The Tone P.O.D. if you want to join in the gossip. Hey, why not share it with a friend, particularly if you've got a rich one. (laughs) We'll see you next time. From me, Deb, Tim and Maya. See you on the other side. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.